I should have got like fireworks or something like so it's the 4th of July weekend again and last year I think I did an episode on Independence Day so I thought to myself what else feels sort of appropriate for the holiday and this little segment right here is a little solo part that I wanted to add to this episode because this episode is about Jaws so Jaws is definitely to me a 4th of July movie a lot of it takes place, you know, around that time. But I got to thinking, what is it about a shark that makes us afraid? Is it the fact that it has rows of teeth? It's dark eyes in the water? It's large fins sticking out of the water? I would tend to agree with all of those things. But the truth is, for me, it's the fact that a shark was immortalized on film as perhaps one of the greatest villains in horror history. And not just horror history, but single-handedly instilling fear inside of us as human beings to the point that we fear to swim in a pool for fear of a shark pulling us in or biting our legs that's just hilarious to me and insane to think that's what to me uh happened after seeing this i also equate this movie and film to the fourth of july weekend because one you know families across the country like to spend this time at the beach um if it, if there's a beach by you and with good friends and good weather. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Um, you know, the year this came out, 1975, I feel like Steven Spielberg bet the farm. And I think pretty much everyone knows that by now. He used all his budget up and just to try to bring this tale from a book by Peter Benchley to life. Now, I don't, I don't want to get into every scene and exact details, but suffice it to say, my 30-second rundown of this would be a city cop moves his family to a vacation island called Amity off the coast of Massachusetts, otherwise known as Martha's Vineyard to everyone in the real world, to take a break from the big city life as a cop, or so he thinks, to become the police chief on Amity. All of a sudden, surfers, beachgoers, and fishermen start missing or turning up in pieces, and we realize that the town is being terrorized by a great white shark named, wait for it, Jaws. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make that part up, you know, I don't, there was no name for the shark. That's just, you know, everyone in parodies and stuff like that, you know, gave it the name Jaws for some dumb reason. But uh, he's joined in this pursuit by Hooper and Quint. One is a marine biologist and the other is a grizzled shark hunter who together try to assist Brody in his hunt and kill off the shark. I thought to myself, is there a better trio in film than Roy Scheider, Richard Dreyfuss and Robert Shaw? Honestly, it's, it's hard for me to think of one. But let me know if you have one out there, all casters, because I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. So the rub in this to me is that the mayor of the town needs the tourism money that the 4th of July brings in. So he doesn't want to close the beaches, which begs the question, would you close the beaches if you knew your town depended on that income to survive in the off season? I'd say yes. We'll find another way, but not Mayor Larry Vaughn played by Murray Hamilton, uh, it sticks with me to this day the way that he smokes and holds his cigarettes. And just seeing him smoke everywhere, like there's scenes where he's smoking inside the 
town hall or where he's smoking inside the hospital. It's just hilarious to me now to see that, like, you know, people smoke everywhere back in the day. That, that was totally acceptable. That is also a big piece of this film that, you know, the 4th of July is when they get the most money for the town and for tourism. So it's, it's a big piece of this movie. And to me, it was a fitting way to do a quick little special episode about Jaws and for the 4th of July. So while you're out there on the beach with your friends and your families, having a beer, having some carne asada, having some ribs, having, you know, that great food that goes along with the holiday when you're cooking out. Don't be scared to get in the water. Or maybe you might think a little bit more before you do <laughs> especially after watching this one uh from here on out you might hear a little bit of a conversation with me and my friend great scott just kind of reminiscing about the movie a little bit and some interesting facts from 1975 but uh a lot of it will be our personal thoughts and a lot of it will be of how much we love this movie so enjoy hope you have a good fourth of july and have a cold one for me everybody it's your boy seven C's. Now on to the next segment. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. <laughs> From the best-selling novel, Jaws. Too intense for younger children. Welcome to the All Fifteen All Cast. It's your boy Seven Seas, and I'm joined by my co-host Grace Scott. Here I am, and this is a Fourth of July special that just popped up, you know, out of nowhere. Just real quick, we wanted to talk about Jaws, our memories of it, why we might equate it to the holiday of the Fourth of July, and um, before we get into those things, real quick, uh, the movie took place in 1975, so. I thought we'd do a quick flashback segment real quick, so here we go. Doc, I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year, back to the, back to the, back to the, back to the year. Years 1975, like I mentioned, um, the year Jaws came out. What you got? I got, I got a couple, but I'll wait for you. Movies to watch include Jaws. And the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Is it Dr. Frankenstein, the, the character of Tim Curry in there? I don't know, man. I never watched it. Oh, man. It's an experience. I worked at a theater once where they would come and perform. Like there was like performers that would perform the movie while the movie was playing in the background, like live for the, an audience. So Whoa. it's fun. It's fun, man. Pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that came out in 75. Yeah. Godf- Godfather Part Two. Oof, 
That's that's got to be like that's the best a good one, man. Right? I would think so. You know, um, the Wiz came out, opened up at a musical on Broadway that year. Oh man, Sanford and Son, most popular TV shows in '75, along with All in the Family, The Bionic Woman, The Six Million Dollar Man. I just I, I feel like I got to put that that sound effect uh, in there for some reason. You have to. Yeah. They had separate noises, didn't they? Eh, they sound pretty similar, I think. Let me see. There wasn't me... there wasn't one for the Bionic Woman where it was like boing, like her tits, like from Porky's. Uh, they didn't do tit noise. Here, this is Bionic Woman sound. Highly trained OSI agent, and I have very special capabilities. Here we go. That was a bionic woman. Hell yeah. <laughs> Powering up. And let's see. And then there's the Steve Austin song. The bionic man. Get into the car, Miss Summers. <laughs> so awesome. Holy fuck. <laughs> that music is rocking out, though. I'm just ready to go, like, punch a wall and shit. Like, uh. <laughs> Run right through one. <laughs> Kevin Bacon dance style, like you know. Um, but yeah, never, like, never, 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 never. <laughs> and then, pow! These, this is supposed <laughs> to be a fun fact for some reason. There's nothing fun about this. Gerald oh, Ford was president of the United States, and Nelson Rockefeller was the vice president. Oh, what's fun about fun... that? I don't know. <laughs> William E. Berger was the chief justice of the United States Supreme Court. There are also some numerical facts about the band the 1975. Oh, man. Dude, you know what else? Well, like first thing that ever happened in 1975? Huh. The the Kool-Aid man would come out like in his like oh. Know, oh yeah. Yeah, talk about busting you know? through walls and shit. Yeah, he would just do like this. I don't know if you can hear this real quick, but <laughs> oh, I'm in your fucking kitchen. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I swear to God, that was such a thing growing up, like, the Kool-Aid man. He was fun. Yeah, man. The Rilla and Manila Ford... took place oh, the... in 1975 in Johannesburg. Was that in 75? Or in the Philippines. Yeah, it was what in it the says. Philippines. Yeah. The... Laser printer was invented in 1975. No shit. Yeah. Let's see. There's got to be some scandals in 75, right? Like, it has to be something. Okay, the scandals. Clayton Moore, who played the Lone Ranger on TV for 169 episodes and two feature films in the 1950s, was sued by the Raider Corporation, who owned the Lone Ranger character by copyright. Hmm. Or? For playing the Lone Ranger, he proud he proudly carried the role and character and made appearances as the Ranger. After the suit, he wore wrap around sunglasses instead of the mask. Oh, wrap around sunglasses. So like I guess Terminator the mask. Shades. Yeah, like it was the like I'm thinking wrap around sunglasses with the lenses popped out, right? It's gotta be, yeah, to to get that look of the Lone Ranger. But eh, that's kind of maybe he wore fucking. Fender shades. Like, fuck it, I'm doing this now. <laughs> Probably. 
price of a gallon of gas, nine nineteen seventy five is fifty three cents. Eat mm. your heart out. Fifty three right. cents. Price of a movie ticket, two dollars. The funny guy was Richard Pryor in nineteen seventy five. Funny lady was Carol Burnett. Um, yeah, and the conversation is a good segue for us, which was, did you see Jaws? It was mm-hmm. the first summertime Hollywood blockbuster film. Oh. So that takes us right into Jaws, man. I, I, I'm it not going to do a 30-second challenge. I think, like, this is just a special episode that popped up. I feel like it's a, it's a film... It's almost going to be the 50th anniversary of Jaws, I think, in in 2025. I don't know. What do you think about it? Like, does it does it remind you of like the Fourth of July, like a holiday weekend? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, they got to fucking kill Jaws so people can party in the beach. <laughs> that's so true. It's like that's the thing that I think that does it for me too. It's the beach, man. I feel like. I've always had memories as a kid of that holiday of like either going down to the lake or going to a different like beach or a mm-hmm. lake. And it's like a 4th of July thing, you know, the fireworks, especially, you know, Chicago, like, like Michigan, there's always yeah. like fireworks on the beach. Oh, all along there. Yeah. So I, I definitely equate it to the holiday. And then when you watch this movie, it's apparent like now as an adult watching it, it's like, it's, there's like an, a different, there's an ulterior motive. For why they want to make sure the beach is open on the holiday. Um, so would you say, I don't, I don't know the last time you saw it, but would you say that if you were the mayor of this town, you would keep the beach open? I'd say everybody get your ass in the water. We'll fight this shark. <laughs> uh, on the side, I'll be like, yeah, we need this tourism money, man. It's uh, yeah. it's going to keep us going. Honestly, you know they'd have fucking got the Coast Guard out there and shot the fuck out of that shark with machine guns. Killer shark, dude? Yeah, I mean, 1975, uh, I don't know. That's the the thing about this movie, like, in watching it now, like, paying more attention to it. I know, and I know there was a lot of struggles for Spielberg when he made it. Just, like, weather-wise, it was really tough. And filming Martha's Vineyard. Um, When, what time of year did they make it? different times over the, like they they try to do sometimes in the summer but i think they they had to do sometimes like where either i think early spring or in the fall because you could look at the trees in the background there's like no leaves on those trees man and the people are out there i'm like man must have been cold right. out there you know especially up there in may and uh, massachusetts where, mm-hmm. where they feel but like if they're locals they'd have been in shorts and shit anyway yeah <laughs> you think so yeah we used to fucking wear shorts to school in the winter because it was warm inside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Not that I I'm from start- there, but it's like the same latitude. Yeah, yeah they they started com- like principal photography commenced May second, nineteen seventy four, but due to issues both technical and weather related, they didn't wrap until a hundred and pretty much one hundred sixty days later. So that's like it's like five months. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like going into September, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's warm a- enough to be out there in shorts I, for them. Yeah, I think I think it is, but it's definitely apparent that you could tell just there's overcast skies at moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. And like just the trees not having leaves. I was like, it, it might it might have been like 50 out there, you know, 60. But like 
like you said, you you probably used to living around there, but at the same time, these are actors. They were probably mm-hmm. moaning and throwing fits about the weather. You know, I've waited my trailer, give me a heater in here. My you know, tits, my nipples are hard as fucking diamonds right now. <laughs> I could cut the glass off that window. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's something that is more apparent to me watching it now. But it's still, man, it's it's such a good movie, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's like Spielberg did create the blockbuster with this, and it is, you know, kind of a summer movie at the same time. But I feel like it's such a good movie in the sense that it's kind of a classical villain. But it's yeah. a villain that is not classical at all, but, you know, in the it's context like, of the movie. It's like right? Moby Dick horror, you know? Yeah, yeah, it definitely towards the end becomes that way, right? Yeah, he's obsessed. So main characters we got, to me, the the the, the trio in here that makes the movie fabulous is Roy, Roy Scheider playing uh, Brody, Chief Brody. We have um, Richard Dreyfuss playing Hooper. And then we have... Uh, Robert Shaw playing Quint. So th- those three dudes make this movie like awesome. They just they have a great dynamic whenever they're on the screen together too. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's just it makes it so memorable. Like especially I mean, there's moments obviously on the ship, but then kind of everything leading up to that is pretty great. Um, yeah, I just think <laughs> the opening of every Jaws movie, it's like you know what's gonna happen, and they use that fucking theme music so effectively. Yeah. I always so, think Roy Scheider is fucking Lance Henriksen in my head. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they could be interchangeable, maybe. To a degree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that Robert Shaw in the movie, he looks totally different than his cast photo. Oh, yeah. I remember I mean, who he is now, though. He's a fucking like a, he works down on the docks or some shit, right? He's a ship captain. Is it his boat? Yeah, he's he's a shark hunter. Yeah, he's like a uh, straight up old school sailor. You know, he was his story that he tells on the boat about being on the Indianapolis is a is a great one. His like monologue and that when he talks about all the the men that got killed by sharks on the USS Indianapolis because he was one of the sailors that survived. So, oh, and then there were sharks in the water. Yeah, he's like the eleven hundred men went in and three hundred and sixteen came out like after three days. So he's like the rest the sharks got the rest. So yeah, it's it's pretty great. I mean, just I don't want to get too like detailed in into the movie, but it's, it's more like how how would you say this movie affected you? Like just thinking about that. Like initially, you know, I saw it so young that it was just a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know the psychology of it at the time. I was just like, yeah, get him, kill that shark, kill people. <laughs> yeah. I think, and it's the dumbest shit ever, but it definitely psychologically affected me as a kid because I felt like even if I was in a pool for some stupid reason, maybe a shark might get me. Because mm-hmm. of Jaws. Jaws just yeah had that effect, man. It made you think, especially young, it made you think, man, is it safe to go in here? <laughs> right. I understand that. That makes sense. And I don't we know. We used to they, jump off a fucking bridge and shit as kids in Wisconsin. We'd jump off a train trellis. Mm-hmm. And kids would get fucked up by the muskies in the water, you know? Oh, so one yeah. kid got his leg torn up by a big ass muskie. That's scary shit. But it we'd is, be like, man. look, 
it make it even more exciting like the whole fact that jumping into the water man you'd be in and out of that motherfucker it's fun to jump off it but you'd be swimming your ass off to get out of the water and that's as like 15 to 18 year old kid still afraid mm-hmm. of the fucking fish yeah it has an effect man i never and it's funny because when i was living in florida you know, go to the ocean a lot, go to the beach. It's at now as an adult, I never really think about it as much. But there's mm-hmm. a little piece. There's like a little piece of me. It's like I can't. I better. I can't go past a certain point because I can't see, and yeah. I'm not gonna risk it. You know what I mean? And I know there is sharks here, so yeah. I'm not gonna mess around and get bit. And it's just, it stays with you, man. It's so weird. And I and I, you know what? I, I bet it's something more from our generation. That grew up with that movie more than probably younger kids. Now, maybe someone watching oh, yeah. it now might. I don't know if it'll affect them the same way. Probably, but um, think of all the people that didn't give a fuck about that stuff before Jaws came out. Is that what you're getting at? All yeah, those seventies exactly. kids, so high, yeah. running around in the water. Yeah, oblivious <laughs> to the dangers. The <laughs> dangers. In it's like, do I want to get in this water with these titties? <laughs> you know. Put titties yeah. in the fucking equation there. Like you're afraid of the water, but there's titties in the water too. So you gotta <laughs> go in. Yeah, that's true. It could be man tits or women tits. Which, whichever <laughs> which, whichever you prefer. All the tits. <laughs> All the tits. <laughs> you know? I'm not we're not singling out one one or another. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, I, I think it's special in that way too, man, as far as what a movie could do uh, to people. And it's a fictional movie. I mean, it's like the shark looks pretty great, you know, in the movie. It looks real. Mm-hmm. And to know it wasn't real is crazy, like how much work was put into it. Yeah. And I think that also lends lends to making this film so great and unique because of the all the work that went into it. And it was difficult by all accounts, you know. But I think, yeah, that's what, I mean, if they're watching again now, even after all these years, it still holds up because it's, yeah, they've never it's remade also, it. Yeah. It's also kind of a simple tale in a way. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's probably one of the best things about it. It's just, like you said, they never remade it. They, they tried to make films around sharks, but nothing yeah. like, I think to this, like that, that carries the story like this does a narrative about people stuck on an island and how important the revenue is on that island for the 4th of July. But the shark comes into town and pretty much uh, decides this is his new buffet. And mm-hmm. uh, the new chief has to take everything in, into his own hands and try to make things safe for everyone. So it's, it's a little different. I think, I think about other shark movies like deep blue sea or the Meg more recently. Um, some of those are, feel like they they lean a little more on the sci-fi side i think Mm -hmm. like with the tech that they use and things like that man versus beast Mm. don't they have like shark hunter shows now like reality shows where they just hunt sharks they totally do yeah i'm not even gonna get into like the stigma involved with that like there's probably you know i'm sure all sharks aren't bad (laughs) but it's just we're Mm -hmm. afraid of them you know we're afraid of them and this movie definitely didn't didn't help with um, changing our viewpoints on that, or it might have more created that villainous sharks. Yeah, look at He-Man, land shark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sharknado. There's so many. 
Do you Ford, think Jaws is, is responsible for Sharknado? Yeah, probably. Have you yeah. ever watched that shit? I saw the first one, man. That was it. You finished it? Yeah, I finished it. It was oh, like I couldn't fucking watch it. It was like uh, Cheese Heaven. There were so many like former famous people in it. It's like you you just had to be like, whoa, this guy's still around. What's he doing in here? <laughs> uh, Bo Duke. I saw the one with Bo Duke, like the first half of it, and I turned it off. <laughs> um, I think if there's a movie to watch, obviously there's a lot of, you know, Fourth of July movies you can see, but I feel like this one is unique and definitely should be in your your Fourth of July rotation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, something to enjoy. And I mean, don't take it from us; take it from the mayor of Amity. You know, he's uh, he's talking about no, we got the shark uh, that you know was causing all that stuff, but. Come and enjoy Amity and get in the water. He walks up to that guy, like, get in the water. Nobody's in the water. And, he, and the guy goes and gets in. I'm like, man, I was looking at my wife. I was like, man, would you get in there? I'm like, man, hell no. I'll tell you, you can go in there and die if you want to. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, definitely. Something I will always recommend for the 4th of July. Yeah, I think the fact that like it's so low tech and people are still like just what they're doing, you know, it looks mm-hmm. totally different. Mm-hmm. from what you'll see down on the waterfront these days the motherfuckers with sea dews and all that bullshit <laughs> that's so true so true it's a different time man you know just a little simpler but also nice at the same time because mm-hmm. it's like it is less dependence on technology and you know people are just there to enjoy where they are and, and mm-hmm. take it in with like like friends and family and I think that's weather. also yeah, in the fall weather <laughs> when this was filmed. But it set it on to July 4th, so there you go. Yes. <laughs> nice, man. Well, that's all I got. It was just a quick little reminiscing about Jaws. Uh, not too super detailed, not too super deep, but I don't know if you got anything else, Mr. Great Scott. 23 years ago today, on July 5th, Pink Floyd debuted their album, I Wish You Were Here. That's relevant, I guess. Yeah. Time wise. Yeah. I love Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. All we That's are a good one. Bricks in the wall. Yeah. Money. Yeah, motherfucker. Dark side of the moon. Yep. Yeah. All day. Every day. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Happy Fourth of Money. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by The Phantom. Get all your illegal firework needs at The Phantom before you cross state lines.
my face. 